Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. And welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resource podcast. I'm Brenda. I am your host and a practicing professional uh, in human resources and excited that you guys are here. It has just been wild, 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 wild lately. I got to tell you, if you guys are first time listeners, welcome to the show. Excited to have you here. We've got some really great juicy information. And today, today's a really fun interview. Today's a fun episode. We need some fun in our worlds right now. So, um, I've got Marissa Q. Payne with me. She's awesome. You guys will enjoy listening to her. And if you guys are returning listeners, look, thank you so much. Time and time again, you guys continue to come back, and it's just fantastic. And um, it just it just blows my mind, and I just get really, really touched. So thank you. Excited to have you guys here as well. So I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources because I'm in the human business and that really means a greater number of dynamics in the workplace that companies have to balance and manage. But most importantly today, we are going to talk about, we got employment law changes that are taking place across the nation and I'm going to share with you later in the show how you can get access to all of these articles and more. Also, we've got... Da, 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 poster updates, everybody's favorite. Uh, today we're going to be talking about making a shift happen. Notice that I put an extra emphasis on the t at the back end of this so we don't have an HR issue here. Um, we've got the HR question of the day, we've got some upcoming events, and I'm going to share with you how you can get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. Alright, so everybody's favorite poster updates. We haven't done this for a little while. So here we go. Um, there hasn't really been a lot that has updated come the 1st of January. So really, Michigan is the only state that has a poster update that went into effect uh, February 5th of this year. But if you haven't been listening to the show, I'm going to go through the rundown of these states. And then in April, we're only going to do updates that take place within nine, like within the last 30 to 45 days. So here we go. If you are in the state of Louisiana, Utah, District of Columbia, Alaska, California, Colorado, Illinois, Montana, New Mexico, New York, Washington State, Missouri, Arizona, Florida, Maine, Minnesota, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, South Dakota, and Vermont, you guys have poster updates going all the way back to January 1st. If you are in the following cities, <clears throat> Belmont, Cupertino, Daly City, El Cerrito, Los Altos, Mountain View, Nevada, Oakland, Palo Alto, Petaluma, Redwood, Richmond, San Diego, San Francisco, San Jose, San Mateo, Santa Clara, Sonoma, and Sunnyvale, California, then you guys have poster updates. If you are in the city of St. Paul, Minnesota, 
you guys have poster updates. And then over in Washington State, over in SeaTac in Seattle, you guys also have poster updates as well. Now if you need a place to get posters, you can visit our friends over at Labor Law Compliance Center and enter in a code called POSTERS20 and you can get 25% off of your poster selections. And if you haven't yet caught this, you can actually jump over to the best practices uh, .work website and go over to our affiliates page and you'll be able to scroll down, you'll see Labor Law Compliance Center and then there's the code for the poster and the link to jump over to their company. What's really great about these guys is that they don't send you a lot of spam mail, snail mail, spam mail, <laughs> and you won't get these letters that say, oh my gosh, your your posters are out of compliance. You, you know, if you get that kind of stuff, throw that, throw those things away. That's just all marketing stuff, and these guys don't do it, which is exactly the reason why we continue to maintain our relationship with them, and uh, they're just fantastic. So. You guys can jump over there, get your posters, easy win, easy compliance fix. Okay, enough of that fun stuff. Let's take a look at what's going on across the nation. Um, we don't have much going on right at the moment. Um, we do have a couple of things that have taken place. Uh, it turns out that the Labor Board has issued a final rule for determining joint employer status. So if you think that you might be falling under that, then definitely want to check that out. Also over at Na uh, National Labor Relations Board, they have actually some information and new work, work rules under confidentiality, cell phone, electronic communication policies that are now lawful. So you're going to want to check those out as well. The Department of Transportation has also issued a notice on the use of CBD products by safety sensitive employees. So if you have safety sensitive employees and are part that fall under the Department of Transportation, you guys are wanna, going to definitely want to get up to date. Over in New Jersey, the governor has proposed a bill to strengthen discrimination and harassment laws. And lastly, because like I said, we didn't have very much this week. Last week over in Virginia, uh, there has been a law that is passed now defining racial discrimination that includes hairstyles and what they deem as other historical traits. So that is what's going on across the nation. And yet another interview that I have been looking very forward to doing. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm out on the road and on the fly. And uh, this woman literally just flew out so she could get in before a snowstorm <laughs> hit. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Something but, wrong with that. I, right? I, well, it's like <laughs> 75 degrees here in Virginia Beach. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, 70 degrees. I don't want to get in trouble with you. Um, so... Uh, folks, we, we just got, we were literally right before we started this recording, I'm like, we got to stop talking because this is what we should be capturing in the interview. <laughs> so folks, I'd like to introduce you to Marissa Q. Payne. She's absolutely awesome. She Yay. is a change coach and she does a lot of other things too. But when I met her, we met in uh, New York City and when we did the uh, Women's Future Conference with the Stevie Awards, we sat on the same panel and I moderated it. And uh, she was on the board of advisors and she's just, she's just super awesome. And, and I absolutely love her. And uh, one of the things, and we're not going to have a nature neutral moment here, but she's great at making shift happen. Yes. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited. 
<laughs> yeah, this is great. Thank you. So what we were just talking about, and I know we're like right on the edge of it here. We were talking about um, how communication in the workplace and just in general is mm -hmm. our skills are being eroded because we're too reliant on technology now. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, we're both in agreement on that. And what we were just about ready to talk about is that, you know, it's it's hard for each generation, um, you know, because each generation is starting to lose their skills. I mean, we were, and this all started because we were talking about whatever happened to direct being direct. <laughs> yeah, in a in a um, respectful and professional way, right? Like it feels like I think the more and more I go into organizations who are navigating change, uh, so often it's the interpersonal dynamics that makes the change yeah. difficult. And it's because they're not having obvious conversations, you know? I'm like, well, did we ask them? And they're just like, no, you know? And it's like, <laughs> why, right? You're paying me all this money for the question that's like sitting right here, but it's that elephant in the room yeah. that everyone knows, but it's, it's a lost art to really know how to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is basic stuff. This is basic stuff for how you and I were raised. Yeah, in, definitely. In our generation. Having a direct conversation, asking why something is or isn't yeah. was just part of who we are. So then we got yeah. in, you know, we had computers and people started, you know, emailing things and instant messaging things. And now, you know, then then the concept of social media and online dating and, and all these things that require you to communicate via mm -hmm. digital technology mm -hmm. didn't necessarily require you to you know, communicate openly and face-to-face, one-on-one, or even over the phone. And it allowed for different behaviors to start to rise. So mm -hmm. just look in the dating section. I mean, you know, we're, we're presenting ourselves as something other than who we really are. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that microwave-ness. Um, and I am an empty nest. I call myself empty nest-ish, right? So I have two kiddos <laughs> in college. And I mean, you know, even things as simple as resume, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not until, you know, internship or close to graduation where they're even thinking about how do I present myself? How do I have a conversation about myself? Like that, mm -hmm. they're just not, and they're, you know, great, smart, dynamic, doing things, but, you know, the written communication or having to have a direct communication about it is mm -hmm. it just does not come natural anymore. No, it doesn't. And then technology is a very effective blocker from actually talking about the important <laughs> things. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, as you've experienced. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because, you know, because it's, um, and, and, it, and it's kind of sad, right? Because I think that, right, the emotion is what gets lost. Um, you know, we call it keyboard keyboard courage, um, where oh, you may yeah. say things right behind the keyboard that you really wouldn't normally say if you were if I were sitting in the room with you, um, and you know that just changes everything. Like it's the thing wars are built by. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's super easy to talk about or talk smack to somebody when when you can't feel their physical body heat coming off exactly you know it's easy to hide behind technology and exactly. and it, it really has introduced a whole new 
level of behavior that in society we really didn't accept as uh, appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. people saying that they would do something and then they don't do it. They say, well, I'll call mm-hmm. you. And then there's no phone call and there's no follow up. And, you know, and, and that that doesn't speak well for an individual you know, for an individual's uh, integrity and mm-hmm. how people are evaluated. So what's well, funny, you say phone call, because that's another piece of technology that has changed, right? Like yeah, our absolutely. phones are not there for phone calls. <laughs> our phone has replaced the flashlight. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Who on a day in the is... hell ever thought something like that would happen? <laughs> Our phone is for email and YouTube, you know, like yeah, it is not for phone calls. You know, no. I'm just like looking at my phone. If it's an unknown number, I am not answering, you know, like there's like five people in my phone and those are the ones that get answered. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad, right? It, it's so um, unbelievable. And, and that's why I say it. I think with subsequent generations, you know, the um, uh, millennials and the Zers, it's it's that much more, you know, the, the incoming workforce, it's just that much more dominant. Like we just have to do things different. But I think it's critical that we kind of make our way back to it because as I support organizations in, you know, change management and navigating change, it it almost always goes back to um, the human element and the interpersonal and that piece of it, we just forget. Like we treat each other like like technology, like robots. It's like, oh, we're announcing a change. We sat in a meeting and we made the decision and we're just gonna put it out there. And it's like, uh, did you think about the impact on the humans and how they might respond? And then we're surprised by the resistance. And it's like, yeah, I could have predicted that, you know, but. It's like we're thinking like robots and the data told us, right? The computer told us this would work, but you forgot the human element. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wrong. It, it, but, and you know, it's interesting. And, and I've been thinking a lot about this a lot lately. And, you know, there is a, we, you and I both know that there's over time been the significant shift um, in leadership development and behaviors. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's been a really positive shift. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we grew up in an era where our first jobs were, you know, with the, the owners of the company or the small business or the leaders or whatever, they're from the silent generation. And their philosophy was, this is what you yep. need to do. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Don't let it hit your yep. butt on the way out. You know? Don't ask no and, questions. Right. Or if you did ask a question, you're asking a question on how to do something and nobody really had a problem showing you how to do it because they knew the value behind that. Yep. But, but now we've got leaders that I think there is a overarching level of confusion that's going on out there. And, and I'm not, I'm not one to pick or tear apart any generation or anybody. I mean, I'm like pretty much everybody. And and if I don't like you, you're going to know about it first. But, not a fighter but you know there's when we had the introduction to gen y i mean i think that really spun people off their axis because Mm. this was a different mindset and they they were inspired to do things differently and i define inspiration as the way to capture inspire inspiration is what makes motivation come to fruition which demands actions to be realized and Mm. 
in the human business, that's very that's a normal dynamic. But then we introduced something new that, that we really didn't know anything about. And we also compiled it with technology and a different way of going about solving the same problem. But as a as a society, we weren't really quick to jump on the bandwagon of of actually figuring it out together. I think mm -hmm. what started to happen in the workforce, and this is just my observation, was that we started to make changes and accommodations, which are fine because it does come with change, but we still didn't really figure out how to go about doing it well, thus mm -hmm. wound up picking on the millennials. Now we've got Gen Z in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. what happened is that we've just taken that one little step forward beyond getting away from practices that we know are good. And instead of finding that way, I think we've now just, you know, way to collaborate and, and figure this, figure out the puzzle together and how we can get a unified workforce again. And we don't have to alter too much. I think we've really catered our message to, you know, we have to make all these, you know, drastic, drastic uh, changes to reach I out. You got to reach out to the yeah, mm -hmm. Gen Z, and you have to advertise to them that way, which I don't consider that being a big deal. That's just advertising for a job. But it's mm -hmm. when they're actually in seat that I think we really get stuck. And then we've now morphed so much that we forget the important things like asking the basic question as to, do you know why this really happened? And mm -hmm. and I think it's just slipped beyond us. But I'm I'm very much an advocate of, you know, I'm in the human business. But yep. I'm also more of an advocate on the employer and how to figure that problem out. And yeah. so I think that's what I think that's where we need to start is how do we teach this new generation to do the things that we need them to do? Because quite frankly, especially in the HR field, and I don't mean to keep mm -hmm. blabbing here, but I'm going to. Mm -hmm. There are things that we can't adjust quickly because we've got best practices and laws surrounding all of that. So if mm -hmm. we eliminate what we've always done in the past, which is a major portion of the application, you know, piece of it, because mm -hmm. Gen Z has a short attention span and will move on. And there's a risk that lose that talent gap. I think that's mm -hmm. a legitimate problem to solve. Right. Definitely. And I, I actually think I, so for the record, I just want to say that I freaking love millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I in in the work setting, like, um, what they have to offer is so, um, you know, refreshing. And I think that, you know, I, now obviously I think I have something to offer as well, significantly and the generation before me as well. But I think that if we can get to a place where we, you know, appreciate, right, rather than criticize, like, that's the, like, it's sort of take a strengths-based approach to it, mm -hmm. um, that I, and I think that what, um, I think what the younger generation is teaching us is um, reinforced with um, Simon Sinek's work, right, start with mm -hmm. why, mm -hmm. right, which is a, which is a brilliant idea, <laughs> you know, um, period, you know, and so I think that, you know, that, the notion of we do it just because, you know, that concept is not serving us, period, right? The world yeah. has changed. The world is shifting. And so yeah. it's not just about, you know, criticizing the, you know, authoritative kind of leadership style. Like it just doesn't work anymore. And it has nothing to do with 
the generation exclusively, it's like the world has moved on. Like the industrial revolution came, like technology is here. <laughs> and it yeah, is not going to change. The industrial revolution came and it left. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so like, if you don't adapt, you die, right? And so if yeah. you keep the same leadership style and you're resisting, right? Which is again, change management 101. It's sort of like the early, you got the early adopters and then you've got the resistors on the other end of the spectrum from a leadership perspective. It's like, you got to adapt. Like it's not the same anymore. And um, so really starting with why, and that question is so beneficial to everybody, right? It's just like the value that diversity um, brings to the table because we don't all think alike. And so this new idea and this new frame of mind, the left brain with the right brain, we're better because of it. Um, But if you don't, you know, if you hold on to it for dear life, then yes, that's where problems come in. Yeah, I I totally get what you're coming from. So 17 years ago, when I I worked for um, a major corporation. We had, when we had during our interview process or application process, we had, um, you know, one of those, uh, I wouldn't call it a personality test, but it's a values-based test. And mm-hmm. It was formulated by an industrial organizational psychologist. And he came in and he asked questions that helped to determine, are you a cultural fit in relation mm-hmm. to the values that you hold? And mm-hmm. it, was, it was a really good way to measure but this gentleman came in and he applied for a very, you know, very basic frontline position, sat down at the computer. It could take anybody, you know, 30 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes to complete. Well, the guy came back to me about 15 minutes later and I looked at him. I said, are you done? And he goes, I don't know. He says, I haven't even started yet. And I said, you haven't. Why? I said, is there something wrong with the computer? He says, yeah, there is. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll be right over. And I walked over and he says, I can't figure this thing out. Now he's, he's probably, he's probably about 65 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I walk over to the computer and I said, okay, show me what you're doing. Because I could see that the, the, everything was up. Mm-hmm. So he goes, okay. So he takes the mouse and he puts it on the floor he removes mm. his shoe and he's trying to use the mouse with his foot like a sewing machine pedal. Oh. And and I looked at him and I said, I said, have you ever used a computer before? before? He says, not a day in my life. So I'll, tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll help you out. How's that sound? So, um, yeah, so we had to take the mouse and put it on the desk. And basically what I did is I just, I, you answer the questions and I'll click the answer. And we put them through wow. it. And I explained to him, I said, you know, I said, so if you've never used a computer before, so let me, I said, how do you think you'll be able to adapt to, you know, everything that we do, you have to use a computer for? And he kind of looked at me and he says, I ain't going to get this job. Am I? (laughs) Well, I said, I can't tell you yes or no. And we're kind of laughing about it at this point. And I said, but I think you might have a challenge ahead of you. (laughs) You know, know? and I kind of felt for him, but conversely, you know, the other day I was having a conversation with somebody who was interested in getting some uh, leadership, you know, coaching one-on-one session from him. And, and he is a millennial and, and he's kind of like in that mid range. He's not, you know, in his, in his uh, mid thirties to, you know, creeping towards his forties millennial. He's like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's talking about some of the employees that work under him and he's just frustrated. He's like, I don't get it. And I said, let me ask you a question. He said, what? And I said, 
do you just want to push a button and make it go away? He goes, yes. And I go, okay. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> you actually have to like draw it out of you. And you have to get rid of it because you're not, you can't just switch them off and plug them in and power them back up again. I said, these are people and, and, and they come in many shades of colors. And he goes, no kidding. And I said, yeah, the button on your phone isn't going to work, dude. He goes, God, this sucks. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. And it's so interesting because it took, you know, I'm um, really probably on the older edge of Gen Z and um, not Gen Z. What do I mean? Um, yeah, what's we're my generation? X, X, that's what I mean. I'm like, that doesn't yeah, I know sound how right. Old you are. You, you, yeah, you, <laughs> we're not far apart. We're Xers. Because if you get too old, I'm right behind you and that's not happening. <laughs> I'm an exer. And so, and the thing about it, it's like the way the, the kind of, you know, traditional corporate culture has shifted, right? When Mm -hmm. I was in corporate space, I hated it. Like it was stifling to me. Like I couldn't breathe, uh, you know, like Navy suit and, you know, like I could not, I didn't thrive there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I ended up finding my home. Um, spent the bulk of my career before starting my business in the nonprofit sector because it was just a little more, it was lighter, it was a little more um, flexible in terms of wardrobe and how you got to show up. And I just didn't want to feel like I couldn't be myself for you know, eight, 10, 12 hours a day, every day that was stifling to me. And I think that you know today's culture is has shifted quite a bit right like if if i were looking for a job now i think i could definitely find corporate cultures that where i could be authentically me but again and and i think again that's the evolution right and that's a good thing um Mm -hmm. and so i think that so often people view change right it's it's hard right and it is right it's different right so but we, we view it as hard versus different and um, kind of focus on the part that makes us uncomfortable and leaning into that discomfort is not fun. I got to learn something new. I got to do something different, right? I was used to this. And, um, but there are usually, right, (laughs) advantages to it as well. I think Mm -hmm. that because we've also had bad experiences with it, that that kind of leaves a bad taste and makes it difficult. But um, you know, I'm always like, let's lean into it. Let's see what happens, make adjustments. But, you know, depending on your style, you know, that's not, not many people's idea of a good time. Yeah. But, well, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I hear you. When I was in corporate, you know, I was, I was very fortunate, very, very fortunate to work for five fortune 500 companies, majority of mm-hmm. them, you know, were out in the field, but, um, you know, and I appreciated, you know, multi-unit management, uh, and the type of work that I did mostly in retail or service mm-hmm. industry, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, when I was at the ADP and, um, you know, I, I got to appreciate strong leadership, strong focus, uh, strong, um, like partnerships within each division, you, you know, every, every company, they're like, look, it's like your family. You are, you you are, everybody's got a couple of real wild ones in the family and, you know, things kind of get a little strange, but it's the same There's thing. more than a too. couple in my family. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, but it's the same thing. And it's just like, you just have to work through those things. And, and it wasn't horribly bad, but 
you know, I had the benefit of real structured approach towards getting things done. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen that, you know, that's a lot of the stuff that I get to bring to my clients. And, and when I, when I was with ADP, ADP, what I did there, it was my dream job come true. And nice. I, oh my God, I loved that job. <laughs> but what started to happen for me is that I started to kind of outgrow the repetitiveness of, of some of the work. And I wasn't uh, really kind of able to get into doing some of the more juicy stuff that I really appreciated doing. And, and then there were some things that shifted with leadership that I wasn't a really big fan of and, mm-hmm. you know, decided to take into another direction. Well, I'll tell you what, when, when I went back into, you know, the consulting world, but doing it independently, like what I do now and starting to build, you know, this, these multiple aspects of my business. And, but I'll tell you what, when, here's something that a lot of people don't acknowledge when it comes to a shift that takes place is mm. the mourning process of something that you really, truly loved. Oh. Even though I left ADP and it was my choice to do so, yeah. I still mourned that job for years. Yes. And I lo- I just loved it, you know? Yes. Yes. That is, oh my gosh. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I do a lot of sort of either board or team coaching um, mm-hmm. through transition. And I think that you just hit on like, oh my gosh, right? That grief sort of mm-hmm. process. I think you people have to actually literally go through kind of the stages of grief. And again, that's why I say when um, leaders are planning change, right, they do the project management side, the data side, the part that makes sense on paper without Mm -hmm. really regarding the human element aspect of it. And that is really what derails, right, what would ordinarily be a good change initiative. And I think that the majority of the time when I go in and work with boards and teams, there's like... Um, you know, kind of ghost roles, right? You have like, oh, I'm the chair, I'm the department lead, I'm this, I'm that. And those are like the external roles. And then you've got like secondary roles sort of underneath that. So I'm the nurturer, I'm the taskmaster, right? But then I think underneath even that are like these kind of ghost roles or like Mm -hmm. secret roles that aren't really bubbling up. And a lot of times that's from stuff from the past. And it's, it's not often unlike family stuff, right? Like there's this history. Yeah. There was this beloved, you know, VP that, you know, lost their job and it was two years ago, but it was never really dealt with and I was never quite the same. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like there's this stuff that if you don't really handle it well, it doesn't go away. And we're in the meeting today and we're talking about this and we think we're talking about this, but someone's upset about something else. But it's that past that's like coming back to haunt, Um, you know, which, again, you take that and layer that with, a you know, Gen Z manager (laughs) who doesn't necessarily have the communication skills to really navigate that. And you have just made you know, shift stew, like, just like a mess. (laughs) Shift stew. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Now, folks, you know why I love her so much. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, you know, and I think, too, that, you know, as we're working to it, first off, I think there's, 
also a significant lag in developing employees. But when Ooh. when companies do work to develop their employees, they don't take into I, I don't think that they sit down and fully assess what it what an employee enjoys, what they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and where can they or innately grow? Where can you know? Because look. When it comes to working with numbers, I've always been upfront about this. I'm dyslexic. My threes, my sixes, and my eights—they all look the same. <laughs> I am not your girl to be crunching numbers a lot. You, no. I may make you really wealthy on paper or or broken reality, but you know. But I, I, but I have ways working around it. It's not my favorite thing to do. So if somebody were to, you know, try and convince me to get into really dig into compensation, it's not a good fit for me, and I can't fix that. I can't change exactly. It. You can send me to as many dang math classes as you can. There's nothing that's going to fix that. That's who I am. Correct. That's how I'm wired. Exactly. But, you know, but when I was with ADP, what I loved about that job, uh, partly, was that number one is that my boss trusted me because I constantly proved my value to the company. I got the job done and I was a top performer. And all you had to do is look at my KPIs. So mm-hmm. I understood the job and I knew it needed to be done and I got after it. And that yep. allowed me ex- exposure to do cool things well i love to travel for work i Mm -hmm. absolutely love it it gets me out of you know being in the same area Mm -hmm. all the time it introduces me to new things new places new experiences new people and it's it's real world education and that Mm. was one of yeah it was one of the greatest things that i missed because i knew that i had the privilege to travel because i was trusted because people Mm -hmm. had confidence in me and you know what that made me feel good and when that went away that was a huge piece of the morning process for me Mm -hmm. huge Mm -hmm. yeah and that that speaks to the motivators right the difference between kind of motivation and satisfaction you know that um i think those those kind of extrinsic motivators are very different than the things that you know satisfy the the pay the benefits it's more than just that right the thing that you remember and that you love about a job is sort of what is what's the growth opportunity like how is this feeding my soul you know like how am i going you know those kinds of things the stretch assignments the development that's what motivates me like it's not the money i say it all the time you've got you know miserable attorneys and very happy attorneys like it who bill (laughs) whatever an hour if it were just the money you wouldn't necessarily have that but there's the motivation matters which is why that start with why Right. And and helping, you know, um, the millennials and the Zers sort of understand and be connected to the work um, and Mm -hmm. sort of the rationale like that can go a long way um, because they want to be connected and have purpose for what they're doing. And it's just like, you know, um, and they'll probably have something to add to, you know, the conversation when they have that and they'll go hard for it. Like stupid hard with energy that I don't even understand. <laughs> <laughs> we had it too. We still, we still have it. It's just matured. I do. That's all. <laughs> okay. It's matured energy. It's matured. It's, matured. it's refined. <laughs> matured energy that goes to bed at 8.30, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it gets up at 5 a.m. So let's true. not cut it short. So here, okay? true. So true. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, I, I think with this technology and, you know, I think what is an ingredient to your shift stew is that, <laughs> you know, with <laughs> we have exposure in life in a different way now. I mean, it's, mm. we can literally never leave oh our community and we can travel the world virtually. <sighs> and with, you know, the onset of social media, it's not the same, but with the onset of social media, yep. what we have adapted ourselves to is living up to everybody's highlight reel, not realizing mm-hmm. what's really going on behind the scenes. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, people post like Instagram, I, I, Instagram to me is fun. Uh, it's mm. not my business driver, but it's a, a fun place to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are, you know, they show pictures of their handbags and their cars and their motorcycles and their <laughs> weapons and, you know, their lifestyle and, you know, physical accoutrements and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, what you don't understand is that, you know, you're like me looking at a BMW online and, you know, some guy thinking he's, he's everything in the world. But what you may not see is there's that BMW maybe, and I'm not saying this is for sure, but. Yeah. Their car could be about three months behind in its payments and they're in yep. arrears. Yep. That's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so definitely. we live in very much this. I, if I want it, you know, I want it now and I, and I know I can get it with the push of a button. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think about LinkedIn? Do you think um, as a social platform, I think that that's changing, like it's evolving as well. Um, you know, in you know like it used to be sort of the place for professional network and like i think now professional network is like it's shifting like it's it's not instagram but it's not mm-hmm. you know corporate either like it's definitely sort of look how fancy i am look at my you know i'm a thought leader i'm you know i'm fancy <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's, there's not a lot of space to just be right. Um, real. Uh, so it's like, where, where's the real space? Um, and, and it's, and social is not the place for it. That's actually in real human relation. Um, which if you don't sitting at the bar and having a cocktail, (laughs) getting to know each other, that's where the real space is. Exactly. Which is lost art. Um, or exhausting for introverts. It's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, um, we'll have you on for that show later. <laughs> you are an introvert. I know you are. We're, we're walking after this event down the hallway and Marissa just went from like, she you see her now? Or you hear, you know, that woman buttoned up faster. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, did I? Th- and I'm trying to think like, did I say something to piss her off or something? So I asked her, I'm like, are you okay? And she looked at me. She goes, baby, I'm an introvert. You know what this is about. And I'm like, enough said. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right? You were so funny. That's like the energy is, it expends like a significant amount of energy. And after that, I am like toast. It is like sofa ottoman netflix wine let's do it you know yeah you go you don't just go inward to recharge you go deep inward to recharge <laughs> i've never seen anybody shut down as fast as you i mean there's very few people and, and you're just still nice and pleasant you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh lord what did i do you know but not a single thing funny. i know it was, we i keep it was saying funny. i'm going to create like a conference for introverts i have not like i don't know nobody what don't say anything (laughs) (laughs) what it entails but it's like we like to be stimulated but there's got to be you know a break to kind of detox and we go back in like 
But oh my gosh, when it's like boom, 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 I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, but so this goes back to your question. So this is the real thing that people don't get to experience on social or, Mm -hmm. you know, and network type of things. And and yeah, I agree with you that LinkedIn is is changing again. Now, a couple episodes ago, we had Kate Payne and she is a LinkedIn Mm. specialist. She's a branding specialist. She's awesome. Um, And yeah, she's really great. And so, you know, we talked about some of the varying changes and, and I agree with you, it's shifting now, but what happened when it first launched and I, and I remember getting my profile up there, like within the first couple of months yeah. and it was, the expectation was, is that, you know, you connect with people and now you've got a direct line to communication. Well, that's when some of those behaviors that we talked about earlier, people start to, you know, they disappear behind technology and they don't answer you. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a digital connection. Let's get that clear. This is a digital connection. This mm-hmm. isn't an interpersonal connection. And so mm-hmm. then we started Ooh, to shift good. where, yeah, people wanted to shift it to where, you know, all of a sudden you're seeing these hot selfies. And what was really <laughs> amazing was that the LinkedIn community were, was actually chastising those people and the, and the culture of LinkedIn stopped for the most part, that from happening. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer about political stuff. It's really no longer, I mean, it really true is, but what's happened now is, and then it was, you know, LinkedIn open networking or that lion thing where everybody's just like, yeah, you know, it's like, yep. you know, running around in a baby shower and trying to collect as many beaded necklaces as you can or whatever, <laughs> right? Just, it's a popularity thing. It's like, oh, I have 10,572 connections. It's like, well, how many of them do you actually know? Do you actually Let's know? Talk do you have business. you actually connected with, right? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now is that you see LinkedIn as a, my, what I think is that you see LinkedIn as a culture of storytellers and they're telling their story about somebody else. And yes, mm. there are these new buzzwords that have come up and they're old and stale thought leader, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and it's shifting again because it has to itself remain effective. And so I think the more people recognize that they have to find a way to stand out just like in marketing and, and you do a great job with your marketing, you mm. find a way to stand out. And mm-hmm. everybody has to find that voice. Mm-hmm. And now it's just really becoming this, I think, this interesting melting pot. I, it's going to be interesting to see where it's going to land next. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. people are getting away from the buzzy stuff. And I think they're mm-hmm. becoming more creative and more individualized and more unique, which I think therefore drives the desire to really make a connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I actually think you can... Um, you know, be human in tech, even through technology, right? Like I, you know, like I said, why I, and it could have just been the corporate space that I was in, you know, but for me, authenticity is a value, right? And um, being aligned and being my natural self in every environment is important to me. And so that's how I show up um, everywhere, right? Including Mm -hmm. my digital footprint. You know, mm-hmm. so I have, you know, beautiful branding that I pay a lot of money for, right? <laughs> yeah, you pictures, do a good job. Um, yeah. You know, makeup. But I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm like, that's branding. That is like makeup, hair, photographer, 
right? And then I also have, right, you'll see me, like I had the flu last week and I will show up that way as well. And trust me, it was not branding and it was not pretty, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It was an experience. Um, I try to bring that balance, you know, I'll show, I'll show both. I was just like on my trip this week, I was just like, well, I'm back up. I didn't get my hair done last week, but (laughs) here we go, you know? Um, And I think that that, that's what attracts people, right? To me, the people that are supposed to be attracted to me get attracted to me. And that's great, right? It, it, it does what it's supposed to do. And yep. it weeds out those that don't like that and attracts those that do, which is great. Yeah, and, and that's the purpose. But what's really cool is that you're so consistent at it that mm-hmm. when you do show up, one, people already know what to expect. And number mm-hmm. two, you really do honestly represent what they see online. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's see, good. Thank you. Yeah. When you see your brand and they see these images and they see your messages and they hear you from your video clips and the things that you post out there. Cause I followed you since I've met you. And but when you show up, you, you show up just as you portray yourself and I'm the same person. And, you know, right? and in a it's world, not a bait and switch. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a bait and switch. And in a world mm-hmm. where nobody else does that, you mm-hmm. stand out, you know, mm-hmm. And I'm just, and I do the same thing. It's like, exactly I, when people meet me and, and I've made a conscious effort of this, I'm very aware. I mean, I'm aware of who I am and what my capabilities are. I'm aware of my shortcomings and I make mistakes just like anybody else. Oh my gosh. That's but a whole nother show. <laughs> right, I, right. Exactly. But I don't show up any, any different anywhere else than what you hear me on this podcast. Uh, air hug. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you so how are you? How are you with change? Like what, you know, major change, major shifts. How are you with that? So, I, you know, it's funny you asked me that question because uh, I'm in the process of actually writing a workshop on it right now. Ooh. And, um, and you know, when I write a workshop on something, I'm also confronted with the very same things that I teach. And if I don't get real with myself first, I can't go out there and teach it. Oh my god! Because I'm a hypocrite. And I don't oh my that. god, Brenda! Like, oh my gosh, we're the <laughs> same person. <laughs> I. Oh my, like I'm planning a, a like a self-care sabbatical, like a women executive women's retreat next January, and I'm just like, I have got to get away and do my work before I do that because I can't do it unless I've done mine. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. No, cool. We're like sisters. (laughs) (laughs) We're twinsies. Anyway. Um, so when I go through this process, right, when there's change, like I grew up in Northwestern Pennsylvania and there's nothing wrong with the people up in Northwestern Pennsylvania, but we are stubborn Mm -hmm. and we just are, and we're not, very receptive to change and Mm -hmm. we don't like it. I mean, I grew up in a post Korean war town Mm -hmm. and you know, if it, 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 there's a lot of personal emotions and dynamics that come with change. Like we don't like how it feels. It's uncomfortable. There's a lot of ambiguity around it. We don't see Mm -hmm. the benefit of the value. You know, those are all just normal, natural conversations. And, and, and I go through it too. There's some changes that I'm quicker to buy in on. And then there's other changes to where, I can recognize change for the sake of change. I I can Mm -hmm. see when that happens, Mm -hmm. but I am still of that person who will believe it's like, give it an honest shot. 
if it doesn't mm. work, you have a voice, use it, but give it an honest role. And where you can see where you can improve, then make your recommendations and you've pitched your ball. You've done your job. Mm-hmm. If you see where it doesn't work, now you can come back and say, here's, I, okay, this is, I don't, this isn't working here. And here's the reason why here is my, here are, here's my backup for this. Right. But, you know, when I see change, that probably the one thing that I get internally most cantankerous with, and, and it moves very quickly for me, <laughs> is that when, when there's a shift or a change in authority, because I've developed that relationship with somebody, be it distant or far or whatever, and now I have to get used to somebody else, and I don't trust mm-hmm. them right off the bat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I recognize that in myself, and it's like, give them a shot, give them a chance. It's not the same thing. Suck it up, buttercup. You're just going to have to deal mm-hmm. with it. Like all these, all this little repetitive thing in my head. And then once I'm past that within like a half hour, I'm good. And mm-hmm. it doesn't take me very long, but it, it does, you know, it does exist for me. And, and I think it's perfectly natural. Everybody goes through stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I am um, for me, buy-in matters. Like the difference between my ability to shift map depends on whether I believe in the change or not. <laughs> you know, like if it makes sense to me and I think it's a good idea, I'm all for it. I'm I'm probably leading it, right? But yeah. if it's something happening against my will and I think it's stupid, then maybe not so much. <laughs> 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 you know, then I'm I'm definitely resistant and I'm going to, what I'm told is, right, I'll ask questions, right, until you see it my way, because obviously this doesn't make sense. <laughs> See, that's big Which is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, right? This is why I am unemployable. <laughs> because it's who wants to listen to that over and over and over again? I'm probably that person. Like, you know, as I've aged, I've gotten more mature. But, oh, my God, in my 20s, it's like, <laughs> girl, let it go. Like, this is what we're doing. Move on. Um, and it's so funny to see it now, right? As I coach teams and it's just like, well, what's it going to take, you know, to move forward? And like I said, that's where I'm like, that healing process, um, is important and cannot be underestimated. Like you, a lot of times people can't shift until that spot, right? Mm -hmm. That moment is actually validated, right? For a person. Um, and you can't really make a move until it's like, you know, no, I might not necessarily agree or get my way, but this has to be acknowledged and validated before we can, you know, just build, you know, a nice little house on this terrible foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And, and again, that's, that's the human element. And so I think that the more I often, when I do change management workshops, I, I start there with people to sort of talk about how do you shift, right? And what, what does it take to get you on board, right? So that people are sort of in that mindset, right? We take it from the you know, academic level to the human level, um, because that's really what it takes. And then once you can talk to a person and, 
Um, when you know and understand their motivators and you can talk to them at their level of motivation, um, mm -hmm. then you've got a better a better chance of making some progress. Yeah. Making absolutely. shift happen. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the t <laughs> at the end. Exactly. <laughs> but you I know, it. I think what it, but we, we hit we hit I think the subject on the head, but we didn't really um enunciate it and that mm. is in order for you to make any kind of adjustment happen in your world you've got to take the element of me out of it and mm. i remember when i would you when you asked me the question about you know how do you deal with it one of the things that i had struggled with and my favorite mentor on the planet we just had lunch for the first time in like 10 years we mm. saw each other when i worked with tom and i and tom is part of a part of one of the books that i wrote um Called Holy Cow, I have to talk to my boss. And it's all about how you can build a better relationship with your boss by understanding four major components of it. And mm -hmm. so, um, and it, this whole book was written around my experience with Tom. And I came up to him and I had a legitimate concern. And man, was I passionate about it that day. And, <laughs> and, and Tom's just a genius. I mean, like half the stuff that comes out of his mouth, I wish I could convert his air and his breath into gold because it was just amazing. Nice. Yeah, he's that guy. And so he looked at me, and this is when we worked at CarMax together, and he said, let me ask you one question. I said, what's that? And he goes, is the solution to this going to help us sell more cars? Mm. And I went, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? And he goes, seriously? He says, I get it's a big problem to you, but how does it work in in solving our our primary business objective? This is our number one goal here is to sell more cars. And mm -hmm. it and I was just like, that's brilliant. And I said, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big. He says, but I recognize, Brenda, it is something that needs to be addressed. So here's the question for you. What do you recommend doing it? And that was what he was the best at, mm -hmm. was having you bring forward a potential solution to solve a problem. But it got me, it was the first time I ever experienced, and I was about 30 years old at this time, the mm -hmm. first time I ever experienced it, that everything that I was frustrated about was mm -hmm. because of what I was frustrated about, even of though course. it was a problem, but I was trying to address my frustration and not the actual issue, mm -hmm. and, he, and yeah. he taught me that in a very general way. Nice. I love it. Yeah, there's often a kind of a us, you know, like I love that like not centering on self because again, yeah. you've had time to process it. You've been thinking about it. You're living in your island. But the yes. people that it impacts the most aren't in your brain. Yes. And you have to sort of go sit in their seat and you right, think about it from their vantage point. Like what does this have to do? How is this going to impact? what are they going to think, right? I, I tell manager, coach managers all the time, like you have to communicate early and often, right? Okay, so we've been thinking about this change. Um, we're really thinking about this change. We're curious what you think, right? Oh, we're mm -hmm. working on this change, right? Oh, guess what? The change we've been talking about, here's what we've been talking about. Oh, the change, it's coming up soon. Right. Oh, the change is here. Right. Like because all that time that you're planning, nothing is happening on my end. I didn't hear a thing about it. Right. And then you're like, oh, change. Go now. Right. You had <laughs> right. nine months to like think about this process. And then you just want to give me two weeks and I'm supposed to just be like, oh, OK, great. 
uh, it doesn't yeah, work no. like that. So uh, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Oh, this has been great. Thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate this. This was fantastic. Yay. I so, love talking shit. So anytime. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you love talking shit. Oh my shit. gosh. I know. That's hilarious. I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> so look, if people want to reach out and follow you or connect with you, how can they actually find you? Would you please they let can- everybody know? Oh my gosh, it's so complicated. Marissa Q. Payne. <laughs> like you can find me at marissaqpain.com. M-A-R-I-S-S-A-Q for Queen. P-A-I-N-E. I'm at the same handle in all social spaces. And I look forward to talking to you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, dear. Thanks, friend. like to give a shout out to some of our new members over in the community you guys are awesome welcome aboard we're happy to have you Um, we've actually had quite a few join here in the last uh, couple of days and it's just continuing to grow and I'm going to talk to you guys about that in just a little bit Um, we do have some free webinars that are coming up in the actual Facebook group which is part of this community that I just mentioned Uh, a couple call outs in the past on Friday February the 21st we did a webinar on how to make the most of your SHRM conference it's over in the next gen women in HR Facebook group and then also past Wednesday on March 4th we did a free webinar on the common expensive I-9 mistakes that employers make now upcoming um, if you guys are catching this in the morning of Wednesday March 11th you still have time to go ahead and sign up on the trainhr.com website Uh, which is a webinar that I've been contracted to speak at called The Coronavirus in the Workplace. And if you cannot attend this session, keep an eye out on the bestpractices.org website under the events tab because there's going to be a follow-up webinar with some upcoming dates. So stay tuned and be on the lookout for that. Even if you go over and you select um, the package option to go ahead and listen to it on demand or do it on a replay, you can still get in, but the the webinar is actually taking place Wednesday, March 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you got a very narrow window to jump on, but no worries. We're going to actually wind up having an updated version of this webinar coming up in the next couple of weeks. Also, Wednesday, March 18th, if you are in the Virginia Beach area, we've got a live workshop called The Heartbreak of Office Romance. We've got tickets that are on sale over at the bestpractices.org. Uh, website under the events tab you can find it there on Monday March 23rd we do have an open complimentary Q&A session over in the next gen women in HR Facebook group and then if you aren't able to attend the March 18th a live workshop event in Virginia Beach we are holding a webinar on the same topic of the heartbreak of office romance and those tickets are office are also now on sale as well and you guys know I love your HR questions. Love, love, love them. Okay. You can submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu. And down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your questions, which may be read aloud and answered on an upcoming episode. So today's question, you're probably going to hear little snippets of coronavirus stuff. And, and I know a lot of people are really tired of hearing it and it is dominating everything that we do in our worlds and it's dominating 
you know, the news, the market, everything. And who knew something microscopic, something so small could have such a big impact, but it does. And so one of the questions that I am getting on a regular basis is, can an employee sue an employer if an employee has contracted the coronavirus at work? And I'm addressing this in the webinars, but I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there because it is like one of the number one questions that I'm getting. And the answer to this is, now bear in mind, I'm not an attorney, right? But in my opinion, this has to, there's a couple of things that it has to meet. Number one, the employer has to be doing something so egregious that it would warrant needing to take it to court. It's going to be a hard sell to an attorney. I think it's going to be a hard sell to anybody unless it is amazingly egregious in violation to an individual's welfare. So a lot of companies are investing time, resources, and attention into following the recommendations of the CDC, of OSHA, and everybody's asking, what do I do? What do I do? How do I prepare? So I think it really has to be extremely egregious. Now, in all fairness, because of the nature of the coronavirus and how it spread, just off the top of my thinking, how the heck would you even prove that? Because it can be contracted anywhere. So I think it, it, I think it's it's a hard sell to the courts, to be completely honest with you. And uh, even after talking to a friend of mine today, completely agreed. So, uh, but again, you know what? Weird stuff happens all the time. And uh, that's one of the benefits. We're in the human business, right? So we keep it... We keep it very interesting on a regular basis, but like I said, I, I think it would be a, I think it would be a hard sell to make something like that happen. Okay, so over the past several weeks, you guys have heard me talk a lot about the next gen women in HR community, and once again, I'm going to go ahead and speak from the heart. Again, this is no script. Um, this is a group of people that I have really gotten a chance to get to know. We're growing nicely we've got actually two areas that people can invest their time in the first one and this is kind of like the stepping stone into the second one is our next gen women in hr facebook group and this is a complimentary website it's a closed group and it's a moderated group meaning that nobody can just get in you really do need to kind of answer the not kind of you do have to answer the hr questions that we put out there and it's you know and basically what we ask you is, you know, what are you looking to accomplish and what are your greatest challenges? And if you don't answer those questions, then, and, and then you get a message and, and then, you know, if we still don't answer them, well then, you know, you're welcome to go ahead and, and come back on in and, and fill out those, those questions again a little bit later. You're welcome to go ahead and rejoin us if you'd like. But it's an awesome place and what we're really starting to do is starting to build momentum and every Monday we do a kickoff and like the first Monday of every month we do an HR case study of some kind. The second Monday of every month we talk about branding yourself as a professional. The third Monday of every month, um, we the, actually coming up is networking. So we talk about how to network yourself as a professional. And then the last month of every last Monday of every month is we talk about how to take care of yourself. You know, how do you how do you care for everything that you have to deal with, but also invest time to care for yourself. And then if it's an odd duck month, like 
the month of March. Like now we got five weeks in the month of March. So we have five Mondays. Then we actually get an opportunity to put a poll out and the tribe decides. And that's actually the name of it. So it's all dependent upon what's important to the tribe at that time. Um, there's some good information that's coming about. Uh, you see me throwing out updates, suggestions. And you know what? We do something fun almost every day. So it's a cool place to come. It's a place where you can ask questions, you can get information, uh, and really kind of start to figure out what direction you want to go. And, and you know what? Everybody, everybody's challenges in this group, because we ask those questions, it gives me an understanding of where kind of everybody is. It's all over the place, and it's pretty awesome. So it's a new group. It's only been around for two months, and uh, and we're at about 100. And, well, I think 110 members right now, which is pretty fantastic for such a short period of time. And then we have the next uh, the next Gen Women in HR membership site. Now this is can be found over on the bestpractices.org website, and we've got some new designs coming out for this. So there's going to be some great information uh, that's going to come down. First off, it has a lot of really good information that will direct you to the most point blank uh, pieces of information in HR that you could possibly need. It, it reduces the need to do a lot of searching. We do have a, a Q&A chat forum that's in there and it's a really good place for people to post sensitive questions and kind of get feedback from other members of the group who are enrolled. And it's also extremely affordable because this is designed for one of two people. It's designed for those in the breakthrough group are individuals who are interested in getting into the field of HR and they just need access and they need that level of support that matches where they are. Then you've got the enterprise group and then the enterprise group is slightly more advanced and there's access to different types of case study information, different types of legal information that really is more appropriate for somebody who's been in the field of HR for at least three years or has had what I refer to as a richer HR experience. The awesome part about this is that it's extremely affordable and I mentioned that earlier. It literally is for each of these groups the, the same amount that you would spend for less than three cups of coffee a month. So in the breakthrough group, it's only $9 a month. And then on the enterprise group, it's only $15 a month. And I deliberately made this affordable because I understand that, you know what, not everybody has the money to be able to support their own education. So I totally get it. And that's the reason why we wanted to make it affordable. So there's also videos, there's tools that are out there, and again, it's just a great place, but I've got designs. <laughs> I've got designs for this. So we got it up and running, um, and it's really starting to take off. And so far, I've gotten some really fantastic feedback on it, which I'm very excited about. So look, if you, you know, I learned how to do this stuff first, and then I studied it. That's just how my life worked out. But when I was going through it, I did not have somebody that was able to help shepherd me through this. I just kept my eyes and my ears peeled. So I know what it feels like to be out there trying to search for the answers. I know what it's like to have questions and you don't know where to go or you don't have anybody that you can go to. And I even know what it feels like that when you do have a group of people that go that to go to, you, you don't necessarily feel like you get the support. And so that's what this is all about. This is all about getting you the support that you need in order to be extremely successful. So here's what you do. 
to go to these places first you can go to the Facebook site and that's the next gen women in HR Facebook group and yes it is branded to women but you know what we've got some awesome men in the group people that I've been uh, you know having conversations with and been in discussions with we love our men too so you guys are welcome to join us this is not just an exclusive to women but HR is a feminine driven in industry so um, you know kind of makes sense but nonetheless we love you guys we'd like to have you in as well so Facebook group next gen women in HR check that box off the second place to go is when you want to do that deeper dive and you want to invest in you and your skill set then go ahead and jump in on the next gen women H and HR member site which you can find in the bestpractices.work website click on next gen women in HR but the top is actually coincidentally right next to the coronavirus link so you can find us over there it's a it's a cool tool and can't wait to see you guys over there so that's what we got for this episode if you are interested in following me and all the antics and everything that I'm up to you guys are welcome to hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at best practices in HR you can also find me on Instagram at Brenda the HR lady over on YouTube and LinkedIn you can find me at Brenda Neckfaddle and last name is spelled N-E-C-K like the thing you want to choke V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. And again, you can go ahead and hit me up at the bestpractices.work website. Up at the bot, up at the top, go ahead and click on connect at the top of the page and fill out the information. And that's where you can get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. So guys, look, have an awesome, awesome rest of the week. Um, look, this coronavirus thing, it's changing. And I'm pretty committed to making sure that any new things, any new tools, it's out there. It's over on the bestpractices.work website. It's here in uh, the podcast. Anything that I can do to bring it forward that will help employers figure out this unique issue and, and what they should do. And then also, you know what, give some peace of mind. Because right now we're in a position where there's a lot of hurry up and wait there's a lot of trying to figure out what to do. It's stressful. It's frustrating. There's a lot of concerns around business continuity. And you know what? It's all valid stuff. But you know what? We do have the ability to do some things that will help mitigate that risk. And um, you know what? We just have to buckle up and ride this one out. And I think in the long haul, we'll actually be okay. It's just this big old disruption in our world. And it sounds like a needle dragging across a record. So hang in there. It's it, I pro it will be fine. It will, you know, we'll get through this just like we've gotten through all other life challenges. Because that's the good news. You have made it 100% of your bad days. And I'm going to leave you guys with that one. So y'all have a really great one. I'm out of here. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.